Welcome to the Directions Mag podcast. We're honored to bring this valuable resource back to you as we celebrate our 20th year in the geospatial community. Read more at directionsmag.com. Bill McNeil, our small UAV contributing editor, is hosting our quarterly UAV podcast series. After a word from our sponsor, Bill has a chat with Cody Thomas and Michael Lambert on how they handle drone data and manage a successful workflow. Esri, the global leader in GIS, is proud to sponsor the Directions Magazine UAV podcast series. Did you know that ArcGIS is a complete, integrated remote sensing and GIS software platform enabling you to collect, process, analyze, manage, and share imagery? Drone to Map for ArcGIS turns your drone-captured imagery into stunning 2D and 3D imagery products that can be easily shared with anyone. Learn more today at esri.com imagery. Uh, many of our readers are familiar with the benefits of using drone-acquired data, um, but some of them uh, don't understand the step-by-step process that you go through to collect, analyze, and, and use the data. Uh, with that in mind, Cody Thomas of Hydroglyph and Michael Lambert of Chasco Construction have agreed to share with us their experience flying drones, collecting data, and using data in their respective businesses. So uh, probably the best thing we want to do is start off um, by providing our readers um, a little background information on yourselves. So uh, Cody, perhaps you could give us some information about yourself and your business. You bet. Thanks for having me, Bill. My name is Cody Thomas. I am the founder of Hieroglyph here in Northern California. I'm located actually in the middle of rice country, about 60 miles north of Sacramento. My background's in agriculture and have a bachelor's degree in natural resources management, which took me overseas to Australia for a bit. And that company I was working for over in Australia was getting involved in drones at the same time as I had an interest and came back home and started flying drones in agriculture and looking for anomalies and crops. Great. Sounds super. How about you, Michael? Can you give us the same kind of uh, brief? Great to be here. Uh, so my name is Michael Lambert. I'm the VDC or Virtual Design and Construction Manager for Chasco Constructors. We are in Round Rock, Texas, which is about 20 minutes north of Austin. Um, so my background is actually in computer-aided design, uh, AutoCAD, those types of softwares, and also land surveying. And I was brought on to Chasco to create a, an in-house survey program 15 years ago. Um, and since then, you know, it's, it's been about searching for solutions for the business workflow, how to get better data um, through that stream, and also just looking at new technologies. Uh, I've been charged with that, you know, since the beginning, just because of my my other backgrounds uh, recreationally. Um, so, you know, right now we're just uh, we're, we're very young into drones. Uh, I think we've got a lot of experience that trended towards the drone uh, that have helped us out a lot with our program. But uh, really, just right now we're we're learning like everyone else. Can you give us some uh, specific applications? What are you using drone data for and how are you applying it to your uh, specific uh, work applications? Sure, sure. So the way that we're using the drone is, is thinking of it as a traditional surveyor. Um, and that's, that's the base 
that we've created our return on investment with is survey labor. Uh, I think that's probably the lowest hanging fruit. So you besides the labor and you've also got safety concerns where you've got guys, you know, tromping around 50 acres with a brush with, you know, snakes and, and hogs and those kinds of things that we have down here in Texas. Um, so the initial investment was to alleviate some survey labor time, but also to track materials uh, such as stockpiles that you see on the construction sites and uh, make that information available to everyone across, you know, the enterprise. So starting with that was an immediate return on investment. I paid for all of our solutions three times over. Um, but now as we've gotten a little further into it, we're finding other departments and other workflows that actually benefit from it, such as estimating. So we've actually started to do pre-bid surveys. So if, if we have the information that we need and the time to do it, we can go out to a site that we're bidding on and observe existing conditions, compare topography against uh, what we were given you know, at the time of the bid. And uh, that gives us a, a much better insight of you know, what we're actually getting into. And okay. uh, another piece that we really started off, off with is, is kind of the, the trifecta of the group is as-builts. So once the construction process is done, we can go out and do an as-built survey like we would traditionally do with the surveyor that's very time-consuming. Um, you know, and, and honestly, the data that you get from that is pretty limited. Whereas when you do it with the drone, you are seeing the entire site. Can you uh, share some information about that, Cody? Yeah, absolutely. So I currently have a couple M100s that I use and attached to them are a slant range 3P multispectral. And what we're learning is that this is truly getting to the definition of efficiency for pest control advisors, agronomists, agribusinesses, and the growers themselves. So to be able to fly an entire field or orchard the day of flights and have everything quantified in the palm of your hand, let's say, and being able to zoom in and zoom out, being able to take readings on certain areas or certain areas in question is a great advantage to understanding what is currently going on in your crop, no matter what the crop is, and being able to go out to those areas, have a look and ground truth it, and measure certain things over time. So this comes in very handy with organic crops, with the slant range 3p i'm able to fly over certain fields get a reflectant signature of particular weeds and this software will help me map out every weed in a specific area that i've flown over and so that is it's getting truly amazing as far as how the tech is evolving over time and as far as using treatments and and test plots in ag this is great to be able to measure variances of certain applicants and inputs on the crops. So it's a very exciting time. And obviously this is a brand new industry and the tech is improving rapidly. So each and every six months or so, I feel like the tech is almost, they're almost like cell phones. It's getting outdated and you gotta continue to upgrade software or hardware and being able to share this type of information with the growers to get a better idea of what is happening, any anomalies, and being able to improve any managerial decisions is what it's really about. Well, I think we've probably covered some of this already, but I'm going to ask the question is, 
in the in the type of what what type of hardware drones onboard instruments uh, are, are you use are you currently using? Yeah, it's the slant range three P multispectral, and so that is a four band multispectral sensor. So it has four filters on it. It sees in the near infrared, the red edge, and it has the green NDVI and red NDVI filters. So you're seeing wavelengths basically beyond what the human eye can see and you're getting information that may not take effect on a plant until two weeks out if you are laying inputs out there on a crop and so you're kind of getting an insight into how the plants are responding either if it's from direct sunlight if there's no treatments or if you're using inputs out there you're seeing how the plants are responding basically before the human eye can quantify what exactly is going on. And so that's the multi-spectral I have on my drones, and it's a fantastic piece of tech. What type of drone are you using? The Matrice 100, a couple okay. of them. Okay, all right. Michael, can you uh, share some information about that as well? Absolutely. So we are currently using a DJI Phantom 4 Pro, and that does the majority of our mapping. And we also have a unique H520. It's a, a, a hexacopter, and it actually has hot swappable payloads. So the, the camera on it that I use the most is the E90, and its uh, specifications are almost identical to the camera that's on the Phantom 4 Pro, um, a little bit different zoom rate but uh but very comparable at that point and then you can also get what they call the cgoet which is a, a thermal camera and we've been doing a little bit of testing with that um haven't really used it practically but through the testing we definitely see some advantages um, particularly on vertical structures structural concrete um, you know checking buildings for air gaps, water leaks, you know, things of that nature. Um, what kind of software do you use? Are you using PIX4D or something like that? Yes, we actually use Drone Deploy for all of our flight planning and okay. processing. And I use a product called Carlson Precision 3D Topo. And it was designed early days to be, a, you know, an editing platform for, for laser scanning. And since then, they've been adapting it to better handle drone data. So we actually take the point cloud directly exported from Drone Deploy, bring it into Carlson Precision 3D, edit the point cloud, uh, create a DTM from it, export services that then go into our civil engineering software. Um, pretty streamless flow of uploading photos, running it through the P3D topo, and then bring it into the engineering software to integrate it with all the other design information. You go out to the field, you fly your drones, you uh, collect these data, and then you, you process them through a number of different third-party applications. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, so first and foremost, you got to point out that planning is probably the most important aspect of this whole process and construction in particular because job sites are so unique, um, areas that you fly in are so unique. 
So the, the process actually starts using the construction plans to figure out the scope of the job, the limits of the construction. And then once we have that defined, I'll use Earth, Google Street View, and AirMap to do a remote, what we call a site analysis, to look for obstructions, um, you know, the uh, flight pattern direction can be determined by a number of factors that are on the ground. AirMap gives you all of the FAA data that's required. And uh, once you have that plan together, then you go to the site. You do a, a manual safety assessment where you put the drone up in the air and you look around. You know, you look for those obstructions, you look for the height of objects, um, and then adjust your flight plan accordingly. Uh, flying is, is obviously the easy part. The drone does it. It does what I tell it to do. Um, and, you know, you take the photos that you've collected, upload them to Drone Deploy. They do all the processing and you receive an email notification saying, hey, your map's done. And then at that point, you can go in and start doing some analysis. They've got some annotation tools, some measurement tools, uh, volumetrics, things of that nature that we can do on the site. And then you also have the capability to export any number of, you know, 20 different file formats, depending on the operation that you want to do. Um, you export those files, bring them into the third-party software. And I mentioned, you know, the Carlson Precision 3D. We actually use Carlson Civil um, instead of AutoCAD Civil 3D, um, just because of that integration and that Carlson is, it was really designed as a survey slash engineering program. So that, that piece, you know, the integration between those two pieces of software is actually really seamless. And that's the only other thing that we use besides drone deploy. Cool. Uh, Jody? Yes, yes. Let, let me dive that? into that. So, yeah, my workflow has some similarities, obviously, in that, well, actually, it's, I'm in rural areas, but in some of these areas, you know, it butts up to some urban spots. And so you got to really take note in the location of, maybe the field or the orchard in question, look for the obstacles that are in your operating area, you know, check the airspaces, of course. Those are the first things you do, really doing your due diligence on the location that you're going to be doing your missions on. And as far as my hardware and software, so yeah, once again, I use a couple of Matrice 100s. I do also have a Phantom 4 Pro, and that is a very handy tool, and it has a specific use as well, and I'll get into that in a minute. But with the Matrice 100s and the slant range that is attached to the Matrice, now slant range is very unique in that it requires less overlap than some of the other competitor sensors out there, which means I, in return, actually get less data. And with the slant range, it comes with its own processing software. And so there's no uploading to the cloud and waiting maybe 10, 12 plus hours, depending on the data set to process. And so I don't need any internet at all. So I am usually out in the field or in the orchard. I will get the data with the Matrice and the slant range. I'll land it and I'll upload the images into my laptop, which I usually have out there with me. And it takes, depending on the size of the data set, maybe 20 to 45 minutes. Sometimes I'll have thousands and thousands of images and with my powerful laptop here I'm lucky enough to have it and it cranks it out pretty quickly and so on the spot I can take a, an assessment usually with a grower or a PCA out there with me and we can head out and have a look after we take a look at the data and see what's what and so you cannot tell 
100% what a possible issue might be just by looking at the data. So basically the next step is to actually ground truth, of course, take an assessment and maybe some further testing needs to be done like soil samples. I usually map a couple thousand acres a week for a couple different clients. And with the Phantom 4 Pro, I'm able to also add some added information, if you will. I will use that Phantom 4 Pro, and it's got a great camera on it. I'll do overflights, either in video or sometimes oblique photos, to get a really clear visual assessment of what it is we're looking at to really complement the imagery within the slant view multispectral information. And so crops, depending on the crop, they have their own basically insights you want to get. So the insights you want to get for rice, it's going to be different than what you want to get for, let's say, grapes. Now, a lot of users using drones in agriculture want to look for these, they say stress a lot. Now, stress can be a broad term. Stress means, that can mean a, a whole lot of different things depending on a crop. So stress in rice might be bad, whereas stress in grapes might be good, where you kind of stress those on purpose in many instances. Now, taking a visual assessment with the Phantom 4 Pro is also good. So let me be clear, first of all, is that a lot of growers and pest control advisors, they, they know what's going on in the fields. You know, you're really not going to tell them anything new or anything mind-blowing right off the, the bat. The real ROI is let's take the information that they already have. Let's get some quantitative information. Let me map it. Let's put everything in the palm of your hand. And usually I'll get a call to come out or I know a grower that has certain issues and they're going to do further testing on some areas. And so the ROI is, well, let's measure the effectiveness of your decisions and your inputs. And also on top of that, moving away from the inputs with weed mapping, with this type of tech, I can fly right on top of either trees or plants like, once again, rice, and I can get the spectral signature of, once again, the weeds in a certain area. And with this software, I can create weed pressure maps and I can upload those to spray rigs, whether it's ground-based or aerial-based on helicopters, actually. And we're working on something like that with some helicopter guys here in Northern California to be able to go spot treat certain areas in a rice field and so on and so forth. So to be able to save growers money by not having to go out and, and lay inputs maybe everywhere or in large areas, but to really narrow that down and lay those inputs where they need it. So we're seeing really good value in that right now. And the Phantom 4 Pro, to go back to that, that's a great tool. And to be able to have that visual information, whether it is a video or a photo, really complements the imagery. So this is truly the definition of efficiency, putting everything together and having information the day of the flight is, is really remarkable. And the text has gone a long way in agriculture. So it's really exciting times. Super. Uh, Cody, how long have you been doing this? I first got into drones back in 2014. Whenever the earliest version of the Phantom, the DJI Phantom came out and I strapped a, one of the old GoPros to it and was flying over some fields and thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And um, I actually have a, an old video file from that. And I looked at that actually a few weeks. I'm like, wow, this actually looks pretty horrible imagery. And comparing that just to what we have now, it's, it's night and day. So 
<laughs> it's come a long way, so it's really cool. And um, I also, I forgot to mention, I have a Zenmuse XT thermal camera uh, as well that I throw on the uh, the other Matrice so I can take some thermal readings uh, too. So yeah, I got some nifty tricks up my sleeve and they all have a, a purpose. So yeah, for the past four years or so, I've been really uh, having some sort of hopefully positive effect here in the North State and continue to keep it going. Well, great. Uh, Michael, how long have you been uh, using drones and drone data? So we started uh, investigating and, and uh, we're actually on the uh, monthly plan with drone deploy about two years ago and have been in a, a full-blown program for a little over a year now. And uh, to kind of wrap this thing up, um, can you give us some idea of how some of these jobs were performed before drones were being used? And I think we've touched on that a couple times, but it seems like uh, there's a significant upside to using drones. In, and I think you may have mentioned that you've saved what, three times as much uh, as you did before. Yeah, so, you know, as I said at the beginning, the survey labor was the number one of the initial benefit. And, uh, you know, going from there, it's it's all about the data. Anybody that's flying a drone is flying it to get data. <clears throat> so then it's trying to figure out where that data fits in the organization. Um, so right now, it's it's evolving the construction process. You know, before, you had to do all kinds of, you know, manually intensive, uh, you know, special projects to get specific types of data. Whereas with the drone, I do one flight and that information is there. Now, whether or not we use it is up to the, the project management team itself, but uh, you don't have to make extra trips with surveyors. You don't have to go out with video cameras and, you know, special sensors and things of that nature. Um, it's it's kind of one and done with the drone and and because of the the rapid pace that it can collect data you can actually do that much more often um, mm -hmm. so we're actually starting to see the ability to provide ownership and developers and the municipalities with information that they've never had before and i'll tell you that's probably one of the most exciting things about the drone program is that as we initially use it with one of those new partners, they they are into it immediately, and then they ask for it. And then when they ask for it, it means that we can budget it. So, um, you know, being able to get data, a lot of data, much more quickly, and spread that data across, you know, a, a lot more people uh, that are associated with the job is uh, it's a big thing for us, and it's only going to skyrocket from there. So, Cody, is that about the same scenario for you? Well, the traditional way in agriculture were basically ground assessments by, you know, agronomists or the growers, the pest control advisors taking visual assessments uh, from the ground or driving around an orchard or a field. So that left, you know, room for error, of course, and, you know, to tailor in with that traditional way uh, a number of years ago, a couple decades ago, they started really incorporating some information from satellite imagery and then manned aircraft. Now, those are, when you're going to compare that to drones, it's not obviously as clear resolution. With, with satellites, you're looking at meter, a meter plus, 
uh, per pixel with manned aircraft, a little less than that. And then obviously with drones, you can get down to, I'm sure Michael has experience with this getting you know, centimeter accuracy stuff. And I can only, only imagine the volumetric information he's getting and the tools he's using that's really neat. And same thing with agriculture, to get right on top of a crop, whether it's trees or a, on a vine or out in a field like alfalfa or rice again. It, it's truly remarkable stuff. And, you know, Mike's uh, right. It's about the data. You know, the drones, that's the platform, that's secondary it's really the data. It's getting that detailed information to make a decision. That's what it's about. And to save the client you know, some money. So it's really tailoring everything for the clients, in my case. And once again, comparing that with satellite, it's, it's night and day. This is really good stuff. And be able to strap a multispectral on a, on a drone and get information beyond what the human eye can kind of interpret and see from ground-based stuff is uh it's great it's really good stuff well that's this is a great information from both of you i guess uh, i should ask barbary uh is there anything else that we want to cover while we've got these gentlemen on the phone so to speak um maybe if we talk a little bit about lessons learned or any gotchas that you'd like to share with folks yeah sure um maybe a funny story and there's actually pretty recent you know i've flown in you know many different areas in rural northern california and a few weeks ago i was flying over some rice ground and i had a large flock of ibis birds start uh shadowing the drone and and for about three legs, there was about, it was a big flock. There was about 50 ibis birds were trailing it. And then about four or five broke off from the flock and started, from what I could tell, pecking at the drone. And so I'm like, oh, so I brought that back, landed it. I had to go get a bird bomb, which is like a little uh, pistol, if you will. But it shoots, you could say they're firecrackers. And they shoot, they're called bangers. And so you shoot them out and they go out and they just explode. And so I had to leave the, the field to go get a bird bomb, get this little pistol, come back, make sure I didn't get it swarmed by the ibis. And so when I took it off again, you know, they came right back. I pulled out the banger and shot it off to scare them off and they, they took off. So it was a close call for some territorial birds to try and knock down about $12,000 of equipment in the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michael, can you share anything like that? Yeah, so I think uh, some of the, the things that we learned early on is notification is, is a huge thing because we do work in urban areas so much. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I actually did is I took my business card and I made some labels to stick on the back of it with a brief description of what we were doing, um, ensuring residents that we're not spying on them, we're in no way collecting any data on them, and give me a call if you have any questions. You know, something something as simple as that, uh, stick it in a few doors, and you have zero issues with anybody worried about what you're doing. And then uh, I also have a, a similar story uh, that we have sparrows in Texas. And they are actually mean little birds. They're, uh, they're territorial. Um, they're actually more territorial than red hawks are. 
And the same thing, I've got two different job sites that as soon as I send the drone in the air, here they come. And they're doing all kinds of acrobatics and trying to keep up with the drone and haven't had any uh, real issues with them yet, but that's, that's definitely something to take into consideration. Okay. All right. We appreciate your time and being here with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. A special thanks to our sponsor, Esri. We hope that you will visit our website, directionsmag.com, or drones.directionsmag.com for many UAV-related resources.